Amen. Now, someone said, do they do all that that they said? Well, you know, it's like a confession of faith. We believe that as they say it, it will come to pass. Praise God. That not only is a, a scriptures for kids, it's for adults as well. Praise God. How many can say amen to that? Amen. Praise God. Well, are you ready for the word of God today? Before I do, I want to, uh, again, ask anyone that's here for the first time, if you'd raise your hand. I saw some people come in, and if you're a first-time visitor, please raise your hand. We want to give you a little token. We have one over here with Sally, and uh, in the middle here with, uh, is that Shelly? Did you bring a first-time visitor? No. No. Okay. We just have one. Thank you so much. Oh, we have one. We, they got that already. So fill that card that's in the, the, back, the, the basket there and redeem it for a uh, cooler, a zipless cooler. They've thought of everything, haven't they? Amen. So let's pray and get into the Word of God. It was gonna, we're going to talk about how to reap your harvest. How many of you want to reap your harvest? Come on in, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Amen. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to take my words, my heart, to speak to your people, to encourage them, Father, to know you and to know what you have in store for them. So, so for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed said, amen. So we're going to talk about how to reap your harvest. Now, before you reap a harvest, what do you have to do? Sow a seed, right? That's pretty obvious. The Bible says that it is a principle of seed time and harvest. It was spoken in Genesis when God destroyed the earth with a flood. He told Noah this, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So this is a principle that we live forever. It started way back in Genesis. We're still living the principle, sowing and reaping. Praise God. Now, we would like things just like right away, wouldn't we? We say a prayer, we go outside church, and all of a sudden, there it is, brand new car. Hallelujah. Glory to God, you know? <laughs> Want to win the, win the lottery. Amen. Praise God. I went out there. Okay. No, but what has to happen before you even plant your seed? Does anybody know? Or I'm sorry? You have to prepare the soil, Right? Because it's not automatic that whatever you plant is going to return back to you. Because uh, we're, Jesus talked about a parable where they had four types of seed. The seed that went on the side of the road had no soil, so it couldn't produce anything. Some that was in uh, stony ground. And when the heat came, there was no root, and so it couldn't grow. Then also some that was in thorny grounds, meaning that the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke out the word, choke out the seed. You ever feel that way? You go to pray and you get distracted about things that just don't even make any sense here? Like, did I take out the trash today? Did I water the lawn? Did I call so-and-so? These are These are the cares of this world. But there's good ground where it produces 30, 60, and 100-fold. Isn't that nice to see that you can produce that much? Well, the first step is, like, you have to prepare your heart or prepare the soil. And let's look at this scripture in 1 Corinthians 7, 1. I'm, I'm leading up to something that I think I'm going to get excited about, okay? 1 Corinthians 7, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have these promises, what promises are we talking about? Eternal life, a life with him, blessings, not cursings, 
right? To be in his presence, to be able to be called a child of God. He says, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of the reverence, out of reverence of God. Amen? This is what we're all trying to do, isn't it? We have to get the weeds out of our heart, the weeds out of our soil. What are those weeds? Those sins that so easily beset us, those things that drag us down and bring us, uh, tear us apart from the Lord. You know, there's a break in the spirit when you're trying to talk to God and you've got these things that are hidden in your heart. Remove those so that you can have clear and concise access to the Father. Amen. He's a holy God. So we have to, what does it say? Perfecting. Purify ourselves. Perfecting holiness. That means completing it in you. You know, you can't be holy in yourself, but you separate yourself and let the Lord minister to you and make you holy. Set apart for him. Amen? So you prepare your heart, you plant your seed, and the seed does what? Produces after its own kind. So after you've planted, you have to what? Water your seed. Right? You don't just plant it and say, okay, well, you're on your own. No, you have to go out there and water. Well, how do we water the word of God? Seed. Well, we speak to it. We speak it out of our mouths. We praise God and thank him for it before it happens. Did you know that? That's a principle. You get a promise, like if your uh, parents, when you're being raised, they said, we're going to give you a bike for your birthday. So what do you do? You tell everybody, hey, I'm getting a bike for my birthday. You don't doubt it. You just believe that it's going to happen, right? So when God promises you something, you say, I know, I got it, I believe, I know it's so. But guess what he says? It says you have to believe by faith. And it says don't grow weary in well-doing because in due season you will reap. Why did they say that in the Bible? Because there's a tendency to weep or, or, or not to, to, you know, grow weary and, and faint. There's a tendency to give up. I just got a call from uh, Marianne's aunt. She's believing for uh, to be cured of neuropathy. She's been having it for like over a year. And I was talking to her and telling her these same principles. And so she called me yesterday. She said, you won't believe this. I cried out to the Lord. I've been speaking his word. I've been studying his word. And last night, for the first night in over a year, I slept peacefully. I had no pain. She said, it's working. This seed is working. But see, you know what we do? We plant the seed, and then we go and dig it up and see if it's still working. Is, you know, we, we, we doubt it. We say, is this working or not? We have to leave it in there and keep watering it and believing it's going to bring fruit in due season. Amen? So what we have to do in, in uh, Mark eleven twenty four. this is a principle. I'm hitting you with some heavy stuff. I hope you guys can take it. If you, don't, <laughs> if you, if you can't take it, just you know, listen to the tape and go over it again. But it says here, therefore I say unto you, Jesus is talking, whatever. Say whatever. Whatever you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive it, and then you shall have them. When do you have them? When you believe, not when you pray. You, you pray believing that you received it before you even get it. Now, this is a hard principle, isn't it? I mean, you're believing for something to manifest in your body. You got aches and pains. You go to the mirror, and you see you still got that lump, or you still got that thing that's still there, and you wonder, why, Lord? Why do I have to put up with this? How long must I confess? It says, don't give up. Don't grow weary in well-doing. So you have to believe. 
Amen? And you have, what you do is you tap into the spirit realm, the spirit realm of the promises of God, and you drag it into the natural realm. <laughs> Amen? I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but it, all the promises are in the spiritual realm. And you have to go in. God says he loves those that worship him in spirit and in truth. You have to get into the spirit and get into the faith and say, Lord, I believe that you have given this to me. That's the way I was with, I had, some, I had a, a tumor in, in my neck. It was cancerous. They wanted to cut it and, and cut it out. And they said, well, I said, is it harmless? He goes, well, there's a danger you could lose your vocal cords. I said, well, that's, that's not good. <laughs> I kind of need that to talk. And... <laughs> So I said, I'm going to believe God. And this is the last time you're going to see me because God is going to heal me. So for a month and a half, I just kept confessing and believing. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I am healed. I thank you that I speak to this mountain. Be thou cast into the sea. And I do not doubt in my heart, but believe that those things which I say shall come to pass. And I shall have whatsoever I saith. I said it and said it and said it. It wasn't one prayer. It was a thousand little prayers. Day and night, all day long, Maggie was in my carpool. She said, aren't you done with that yet? I go, no, I'm not done yet. It's still there. And I went into the doctor's office, and, and underneath my fingertips, I could feel it just evaporate. So I went into the doctor's office, and I go, I'm healed, doctor. He goes, well, what happened? Where did it go? I said, I threw it in the, in the sea. He said, what are you, some kind of Oral Roberts guy? I go, no, I'm just believing God. Let's look at that in slide 45. I think we saw it already, but it says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Uh, I just, just can't do it anymore, Pastor. I just can't believe anymore. Yeah, you can. Don't give up the promises of God. I've seen so many people get healed this way. I said, I'm going to stay beside you and with you, Lord, until you manifest the healing. You know, manifest the healing. It reminds me, I, I told the story before, a little boy, he was playing outside, and he skinned his knee, and it was hurting, and he went in, and he told his, his dad, dad, my, my knee hurts. He said, well, let's, let's pray, let's pray over it. So they prayed over it, and he goes, it still hurts, dad. Goes, well, go out and play. We'll, we'll wait for the manifestation. He goes, okay, so he went out and played and come back a little bit, and he said, dad, it still hurts. Go out, we'll, we'll wait for the manifestation. He goes, okay. So he played for a little more, he goes, dad. Came back, Dad, it still hurts. When is the man from the station going to get here? Because I can't take this any longer. So, now this works in every area of your life. Married couples, if you plant love, you plant the seed of love, you'll receive love. There was a, a lady that went into a pastor's office. She said, Pastor, I'm through with my husband. I can't take him anymore. He's mean. He's honorary. He gives me a hard time, and he, he breaks my heart all the time. I can't take I want a divorce. The pastor said, well, I understand. Let's, let's try one thing. For one month, you just be kind to him. You be sweet to him. You do whatever he wants. Cook him whatever he wants. Watch the football games with him. Get the snack. Just be there. Be a good wife. Just shower him with love. And then at the end of the month, you can just drop him, tell him you want to get a divorce, and that'll break his heart. He said, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. <laughs> All the ladies go, ah, maybe. So, so she did this for a whole month, every day. Kind, considerate, thoughtful, good wife. And so at the end of the month, she went back to the pastor, and she, the pastor said, well, are you ready to divorce him now? 
oh, no, no. He, he's the sweetest guy now. He, he, it seems like everything we do, we just get along. It's beautiful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade him for the world. Why? She planted seeds of love, right? So I took this principle when I first came to uh, uh, my first church. I knew nobody. I was just a stranger off the street. But I loved the church. It just ministered to me. And so I didn't have any friends. But the Bible says, if you want friends, do what? Show yourself to be friendly. So I said, okay, I'm go whatever they ask anybody to do, I'm going to volunteer for it for a whole month. So they said, is anybody wanting to clean out the basement? I'll do it. Sign me up. Okay. We need to paint the nursery. Anybody want to? I'll do it. I'll do it. Sign me up. We need somebody to help move a, a little old lady. I, yeah, I, I, I'm in. I'm in. And people thought, man, this guy is crazy. But at the end of the month, I had so many friends, I didn't know what to I, I, I slowed down a little bit on, on my volunteering. But I had a lot. I was ingrained there. And then after a while, I became, you know, children's church teacher, then I became the assistant pastor, then I left and I came here. So what I'm saying is, if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly, plant seed. Praise God. You married people, you can uh, you know, try that little trick. But it works for kids, it works for neighbors. My, my neighbor just moved, finally. The mean, the mean old neighbor. Well, she really wasn't mean, but... I don't know. She had a thing. Her dog used to bark late at night. I knew like in the morning. I'd go over there in my pajamas. And I'd tell her, please, could you please tell your dog to be quiet? You know? I tried talking to him. He, wouldn't say, he, he didn't go, oh, I didn't realize it was so late. I'm so sorry. No. He, didn't, he just kept barking and barking and barking. And she might have gotten mad because I, the hose, water in the hose accidentally went over the fence, sprayed her dog. But that, that might have been one of the things that, that got her upset. But so I was on it. So she pulled by my driveway the other one day, a couple months ago, and she said, you're the worst neighbor I've ever had. You call yourself a Christian? You know, I, I just can't believe it. You're the worst neighbor I've ever had. I said, I'm going to change her mind about this. And so I started being kind to her. On Easter, I dressed my son up as Bugs Bunny, Bunny Rabbit. We went over there. We gave him candy. I was there to help her in whatever she needed. I helped fix things around the house. And so she said, you're actually the best neighbor I ever had. And so she was moving yesterday, and she said, um, well, you really tried hard to get me to church. I give you an A for effort. I go, more important than going to church, have you accepted Jesus in your heart? If you, you know if you're going to heaven or not? She goes, well, I hope so. That's a light right there. You hope so. I go, do you want to know for sure? She said, yeah, how can I know for sure? I said, in the Bible, it says, if you accept Jesus in your heart, believe that God raised him from the dead, that he's forgiven you of your sins, you can receive him and be in the family of God and be guaranteed. She said, surely, I, that would be great. So I prayed with her. And then her friend that was helping her move, he, she said to him, hey, pray for him too. You get him saved. So I prayed for him, so they're both happy leaving. But it took me three years to do that, praise God. But I had seed that was planted, amen? But the Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you shall reap. So 
what's the principles here? Prepare the soil, plant the seed, water it with the word of God, and then we have to receive it. We have to receive it from Now, I'm going to give you a clue, a tip. This will change your life because this is a principle that I learned a while back, and I said, wow, that's amazing. But the name of God, one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Not only provides, but the Bible says, sees ahead and knows what you need before you even need it. Oh, and it's illustrated here with Abraham. Abraham, God told Abraham, sacrifice your son, your only son, the one whom you love, right? And so Abraham took him up on a three-day journey. He was ready to sacrifice him, and the angel stopped his hand and said, no, you don't have to do that. Now I know that you love me. And then uh, let's go to that scripture where it says, I think slide 48. Keep going. There. So Abraham's ready to sacrifice his son. God says, hold on. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Now, I'm going to ask you, did that ram just poof, appear there? Or did he have to go back up the backside of the mountain and be there waiting for Abraham to find him? And he said, look, what do you have to do? Look behind him. Lift it up your eyes and look around to see where is my blessing? Where is the provision? This is the Lord who provides, who looks ahead and knows what you need before you need it. Amen? So now when I get in trouble, I said, okay, Lord, I know you have the provision here. Just show me where it is. Amen? We, we, we had a situation, and Marianne's mom's here, but the Lord told me, buy your mother-in-law's house. Your wife will be happy with it. Here I'm praying, and you know what my first thought was? What about me? What, you know, my wife. So my wife's happy. What about me? You know. But I guess the Lord knew that principle, happy wife, happy life. So we went to talk to Marianne's mom. We said, uh, we'd like to buy your house. She said, well, I'm not really interested in selling right now. Maybe in a year after I retire, then I, I could sell it to you. Okay. Lord's work. I don't I'm not trying to force it. A week later, she came. She said, no, that's a good idea. You know, I think what I'll do is I'll sell the house to you guys. I'll buy a house in Oceanside, get a good price on it. And when I work, I'll just I'll work from your house. And then on the weekends, I'll go home, and I'll even pay you to be there during the week. I said, that looks good. Amen? And so I hung up the phone, and then my wife says to me, uh, where are you going to get the down payment? I ain't got that far yet. All I got was, buy your mother-in-law's house and your wife will be happy with it, right? <laughs> so what I did was, I, 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 told, I told my wife, okay, hey, we, there's a principle in the Bible that the provision is around us. Whatever we need, it's, it's around us. So let's, let's sit down and think about it. And my wife, when we first got married, we lived in a small little place. And so when, if, when people came over, we had stuff all over the place. I don't know if anybody knew it like that. But so she had a good knack of being able to stuff it in bags and put it in the closet and put it in, you know, places, you know. And she couldn't remember. Sometimes we were at church. We said, come on over. And they, she, she said, you delay them a little bit. I'll go home and I'll clean the place up. And, and they'll come in and they'll think we're spotless. <laughs> and so we did this for a while. But when she would put stuff in bags and hide them in, in closets, we didn't know where they were afterward. Where, where is this? 
And I'd have to sit her down. Okay, let's think about it. And she goes, well, I, I think I put it kind of high up place. Maybe you're right about in this. So we look in the closets about that. And, and then we finally find it. So I sat her down. I go, let's, let's think about this now. The provision is around. Let's, let's look and where is the provision? And so she said, well, you know, I do have that, that uh, settlement. But it's not going to be for like a year or so. But we could get money. I tried to get money from the lawyer before, but he just wouldn't give it to me. I go, this is the time. This is, this is the Lord's provision. We, let's call him and, and see if we can get an advance. She said, okay. So she called him and she said, well, we need an advance of $10,000. We want to buy a house. And he said, okay. So you got to be kidding me. And, and then I, 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 I got her attention. Make it 12000 We have to do drapes. Make 12000 so she said, yeah, okay. He said, yeah, okay, $10,000. And he gave it to her. But, you know, here's the thing. When you want a blessing from the Lord, when the provision is around you, you have to be kind to everyone. You don't know where your blessing is going to come. If you're mean and ornery, people are not going to have it in their hearts to give to you or bless you with anything, right? So you have to be that way. And my last story, I'm going to get ready for. We're going to have Country Joe come up. He's going to perform outside. He's going to minister to us Christian country songs. But he's going to play uh, I'll Fly Away. And he's a good guitarist. And he's a good guitarist. William, can you see if Country Joe or Ron, can you see if Country Joe's ready? Uh, I'm almost ready. I got my last story here. So as you sow, so shall you reap. Do you know that? As you sow, if you show if you sow sparingly, how do you reap? Sparingly. If you sow bountifully, how do you reap? Bountifully. So we were in a program at church, and we were at we there the challenge was to give over and above your tithes and your offerings for the building program. And so my wife and I, we decided we're gonna give $63 a week over and above our tithes and our offerings. That's, that's pretty steep. You got tithes, you got offerings, and then $63 a, month, a week? That's what, $240, $252? And so we decided to do that. And my wife also had some property in Woodland Hill that just, she had it for like over five years. She inherited it. And so we went out to look at it. And it was I had a, a surveyor look at it, and he said, this will never sell. It's on a curve. It's on a slope. There's a bunch of trees there. It's not flat. Nobody is going to buy this property. <laughs> but my God, <laughs> self-supply, all of my need, according to his riches and glory. I said, okay. I just put that in my pocket, and I said, I'm believing God. I don't know how it's going to happen because we looked at the property and it, he was right. I mean, nobody would want to. So we waited eight months of giving $63 a week for eight months. Finally, the realtor called me and you know what he said? We just sold your property. I said, how in the world did you do that? She said, there was a realtor, uh, there was a, a company that wanted to sell or have some property that they could use as a tax write-off. So they took this property because it's valued pretty good. 
They didn't have to build on it. They just wrote it off as a tax write-off every year, and we got the money. Hallelujah. So God is a good God, right? So you can, whatever you want in life, whatever you sow, if you sow love, you'll get love. If you want friends, you can sow friends, sow your friendship. And God will return back unto you. How much? Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Let's look at that last slide, and it gives you the four points to remember. Prepare your heart. Get yourself clean. Amen? Get away anything that would easily beset you. Plant your seed, whatever it be, whether it's love, friends, finances. Water your seed. Believe. Say the scripture over and over in your heart. Make it come to pass. And believe that you receive and you what? Will have it. Amen? I want to just uh, offer an invitation right now. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I hope... I hope this ministered to you because, you know, you might not need it right now, but there are times when you may need this and you can say, yeah, I heard this guy, this little Italian guy, and he said to look for the blessing that it's all around you. Amen? Let me give you an example. Uh, do we have Peter? When, when uh, Peter came to Jesus and said, they need the tax money. Where should we get it? What did Jesus say? Go to the bank? He said, go fishing. And the first fish that comes out, pull out of his mouth a coin and go pay the taxes. Why? Because that's where he spent his time. That's where he spent all of his energy, in fishing. So that's where he went. My sister Bindi, I'm looking at her. She, she said she, last week she needed $2,000 to uh, pay for some things uh, with her son. And she couldn't make it to the bank. So she said, it was quarter to six, and the bank closed at six. She said, Lord, I know you provide. It's all around me. She went to a couple of her clients, and they needed her services. And guess how much they got? $2,000. You've heard the story before. Twenty-two. Oh, because of the 200 for your ties, and then the 200 for the... <laughs> amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, when this life is over, guess what? We're going to fly away. But we want to know where we're flying to. Amen? Are we flying up or are we flying down? Well, the only way you can tell is by accepting Jesus in your heart. So let's close our eyes and make this confession of faith. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask Jesus to come into my heart, be Lord of my life, and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Just let that sit there for a minute. That's the presence of the Lord. He wants you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's called you to be his, to be in the family of God, to live with him forever on streets of gold in a mansion in the sky. We thank you, Lord God, that we'll fly away with you. In Jesus' name, amen.